We sound crazy. I met him in a club hanging out one night. He said, hello, I'm George. Highlight, how's everything going, huh? How you doing? Ah, love that. Shout out to the legend, MC Light. Welcome to another week of We Sound Crazy, your official backstage pass to music and culture. Billionaire is in the building. I've arrived. You're here. <laughs> Claude Kelly is definitely here. Chuck Harmony is here. And we're missing one. Oh, there is empty seat over there. Bacone from Macone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bacone from Macone. <laughs> Simone Bacon from Macon is not here. Your but... location. <laughs> <laughs> now, nah, truth be told, Timon is actually on location. Yeah, man. He's our special correspondent. He's in D.C. D.C. for the RIAA Pioneers of Hip Hop event. Ooh. Prestigious things. Big, yeah, man. Big things. But he, he's on he's on location um, for We Sound Crazy. He's about to, we'll talk, tell you a little more about it in a second, but, you know, he's going to talk to the cool people while we sit back here and hold down the fort. But I'm just excited. Hip Hop turns 50 next August. Can y'all believe that? It's crazy. Like, it's kind of hard to believe. That's actually. crazy. Because 50, 50 is like such a nice round number. It feels, we're at 50 already. Yeah, Hip Hop literally turns 50 next August. But here, you know, We Sound Crazy. We, we all things Hip Hop too. We every genre. We all of yeah. it. We all of us. So we, it's just we gotta acknowledge the the hip hop greatness. More to come on that. We got some surprises coming in these upcoming uh, episodes. Definitely, definitely. It definitely, was crazy. Definitely. I was I was looking at this uh, list. Uh, I think it was last week or week before last, and it was talking about <laughs> the richest musicians of all time. And it was crazy because Kanye topped the list, and it was Jay Z, and it was a couple other people, and it was it was really alarming at first because I'm like. Of all time, you know what I'm saying? That's the time that we're living in. But then you realize that for so so many years in the music business, creators weren't able to get what they actually deserve, deserve financially. And so hip-hop has been a part of righting that wrong to some degree because they are the richest musicians of all time. And I'm talking about pop artists and Broadway and everything, they are the richest. And so incredible. It, it just it's very much <clears throat> incredible. It just speaks to the value of the hip hop, the 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 music and the movement that it was because it it actually put us in some spaces where we can build our own tables. Plus we all been watching the Murder Inc. thing on BT, the Murder Inc. documentary on BT. So good. It is so good. It's so man. good, right? And 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 the thing about it is like there, there's so many rich stories to tell in there. Obviously, this is Earth's storytelling. It's in, in incredible. But first of all, to his credit, you forget how involved he was in hip hop. Mm-hmm. Period. Like period. Just hip hop. Jay Z, DMX, Ja Rule. I mean, and, and all the executives that are all. I mean, the record labels, Def Jam, and all this stuff. It's just insane but then strongly suggest you watch it if you haven't watched it but besides from the actual murder inc story the number like the record sales <laughs> dmx was selling 14 million in a year between two albums jay-z coming to eight, eight nine million ja rule beating them both the next year yeah. and this is for several years and so when these when, you say when he the did richest, what did he say when he did two or three he thought he had failed yeah, he, he, failed. Was, yeah. he thought he failed <laughs> And I remember around like like 2000, 2001, like there was the pop artists, like like the like the fandom, like like talking about Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, Britney Spears were selling like close to if not over a million per album, and and so was DMX and Jay Z. 
It's incredible. And Ja Rule. Yeah. But Murder, Inc. has such a run. Because there was a point in the early, early to mid-2000s where you could not turn on the radio no. and hear multiple Murder, Inc. songs. Whether right. it was Murder, Inc. the label or songs they were creating for artists like Jennifer Lopez yeah. or right. Mary J. Blige. Like, it, was, it was a true movement. It was a, it was a movement. movement. And, and, and I'm glad they're telling their stories because as, you, as we get to the 50th, you start to see like well, the, the sacrifices that were made but also like the progress. The progress. Cause the progress is crazy. Like there's several billionaires that are hip hop artists yeah. now. And for us who I think grew up kind of like in the Biggie Tupac era of like, that, that was kind of like my, how I formulate hip hop is like Bad Boy and, and Death Row and, and all that stuff happening. It's even seeing Jay-Z in the documentary, but it's period. You're seeing Jay-Z and Nas and all these people like to see them as adults so, so you see like what it looks like over like past the date like the quote unquote danger zone of it all. At the time, they were all like in court cases or getting shot at or it's been it's been crazy. So now to watch them grown up and be almost mostly all billionaires, Puff is a billionaire. Yeah, and just ha- talking about the experience, it's just the progress is nuts. It really is. The progress is nuts. Yeah. So. In a lot of ways, hip hop is, I mean, it's what the most, I would say it's the most powerful black music genre in the world right now. It's the problem, it's the most, it's the most powerful genre in the world, period. But in terms of what the ones we consider black, it's just, it dominates everything. Fat Joe said it's black and brown. It's black and brown. He black said that, you know, hip hop was founded by both black and brown people. Don't, I don't know that part of the history. I don't know it either. Yeah, but that's what Fat Joe said. I know. Shout, I, shout out to Joe. I know about, I know, I know Jamaica and the Bronx and. Yes. I was I was Queens. trying to I was trying Queens. to I was trying to save this clip, but somebody posted this clip of, of uh, this jazz artist that was actually rapping, and it was like in the, the early '60s or '70s, and and so it's just like it's been around forever, but just the 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 way that we were able to capitalize that's that got to be the story for Black people because we were always downtrodden because of, of finance and so for us to be able to capitalize off the, off that is I'm so proud of hip hop. It's interesting because there's always this, this also this debate now about like the RC at the table and all that kind of stuff. And maybe it's because I think there's like these two separate groups about how people view hip hop. But hip hop and all the parts of it and the business of it and how it and the fashion of it and all that stuff just totally defies the odds because technically black like especially through hip hop, we're everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like I like I just saw a clip of an interview that's to come with Megan Thee Stallion with Hillary Hillary Clinton and 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 Chelsea Clinton that's talking about just like it's not even for a political campaign it's just she's on their podcast talking about issues talking like about that, that talking about what <laughs> she's gonna quote some lyrics you know you know you know, you know Hillary keeps hot sauce in her purse so. It could be anything. I wonder if she got that same bottle. She got <laughs> that same bottle in her purse. Uh, you, you, next time you see someone should ask her what 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 brand just to throw her off. So what brand of hot sauce do you have in your purse? You know the brand. All everybody uses <laughs> same brand that beads. Same brand that beads. Oh, that's so good. Oh man, we so crazy. So guys, the RIAA recently celebrated they're pioneers of hip hop in Washington DC which is where Timon is with yeah. all the exclusive conversations so this year they wanted to highlight the contributions of Grandmaster Flash legend legend MC Light 
Legend, Legend, Universal Music Group's General Counsel and EVP of Business and Legal Affairs, Jeff Harlston, who's one of my mentors, mm. a legend, legend, and uh, House Democratic Caucus Chairman, Hakeem Jeffries. So they were the four honorees for this year's celebration. Okay. That's, that's cool, man. And the extra cool part is the RIAA co-hosted this event with our partners at the National Museum of okay. African American Music here in Nashville. Shout out Naaman. Doing big things. Things. Yeah. I mean, Timon gets to talk to all the cool people is what I'm saying. Because, I mean, come on. Like, MC Light, all these kind of people. Come on. Jazzy Jeff. Come Jazzy on. Jazzy Jeff. I'm jealous. Jazzy Jeff. What? Yeah. We're just going to go. Let's just go. <laughs> Timon, over to you. <laughs> he takes it over this episode. Bacon, what up? We sound crazy. What's up, y'all? It's your boy Bacon from Bacon. As they said, y'all, I went to D.C., had an amazing time, was able to talk with so many legends, crazy. So many people that I grew up watching and listening to on my tape deck, CD players, watching them on TV, amazing experience. Um, RIAA Honors, Washington, DC. And I was able to talk with them about just the history of hip hop culture and how far we've come, celebrating 50 years next year. So first up is a man who's accomplished many a milestone in his career including winning the first rap Grammy for Parents Just Don't Understand, and being one of the most prolific DJs in the last 35 to 40 years. I'm talking about none other than the iconic DJ Jazzy Jeff. Check it out, y'all. What's up, good people? It's your boy Bacon from Macon with the We Sound Crazy podcast, and I am on location in Washington, D.C., y'all. Typically, we will have four of us, but it's just one of me today. And um, shout out to my brothers, Claude, Chuck, and Phil back in Nashville. But I'm here at the RIAA studios here in Washington, D.C., in the midst of legends. And it's crazy because these legends are people that I grew up watching on TV, listening and listening to them in my tape decks, mm -hmm. in my CD players. And it's just it's crazy to finally get a chance to touch elbows with these people and tell them just how much they mean to the culture. As you can see right here, we have the legendary DJ Jazzy Jeff. How are you, sir? I'm beautiful. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. So we're here, RIAA Honors. As someone who has seen hip-hop and its many transitions from its infancy, what is going through your head right now, like, for us to be in a place right now, and they are honoring hip-hop and and and... We're coming up on 50 years next year. Yeah. What is going through your mind right now in, in everything that you've seen? Um, probably the main thing is that we have surpassed anything that I could have ever imagined. Wow. Um, starting off in hip-hop when we were extremely afraid of it ending because people didn't believe in it, to think that next year is the 50th anniversary, um, hip-hop is global. Like, yes. you know, hip hop is taking <laughs> me places that I never dreamed of. Um, you know, we have definitely surpassed anything that was in my imagination. Wow, wow. Speaking of not, spe speaking of people not believing in it, um, it makes me think of, so first of all, he is part of the duo to win the very first rap Grammy ever. All the same, no matter time, no place. They don't understand that us kids are going to make some mistakes. So to you other kids all across the land, there's no need to argue. 
Boys just don't understand. Like, <laughs> it's absolutely <laughs> crazy. And But that same year, you all boycotted the Grammys. Mm-hmm. Um, take me back to that moment where the collective, the uh, you and Will and Salt and Pepper and just the 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 artists that were out at the time. Take me back to that moment where you all collectively decided, you know what, we're not going to take this. We have to take a stand for this this genre and this culture. Well, you know, like I said, you know, hip hop was at a really fragile time. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember that they were very prominent. Uh, radio DJs that were saying that hip-hop was a fad and it was going to be over. Um, And it's kind of like you're fighting for your legitimacy. This is something that we do. This is something that we grew up doing that someone is telling you when the start or end date is who has absolutely nothing to do with the culture. So, you know, we we were trying to, you know, protect what we had. So, you know, as as ecstatic as we were that that was the first year that the American Music Award and the Grammys were mm-hmm. in, uh, putting in a hip-hop category, it was kind of a slap in the face to realize that the Grammys weren't going to televise the hip-hop portion yeah. and they were going to do it on an earlier telecast. Um, and no disrespect to any other genre of music, but yeah. if you got 12 country and Western categories, exactly. you can <laughs> slide one of them to the earlier right. categories to make way for hip-hop, especially at that point in time that hip-hop was probably the number four top-selling you know, financially generated music mm-hmm. um, that they, you know, they didn't have enough respect for yeah. it that they were going to air it earlier. And we said, if you don't televise it, we're not coming. Dope, dope. Yeah, and, and, and fast forward to today where hip-hop is the number one genre. <laughs> it's a billion-dollar industry. So I would definitely say you yeah, all, yeah. The, the, the stand that you guys took um, definitely worked in everyone's favor. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We sound crazy. Here it is, a groove slightly transformed. Just a bit of a break from the norm. Just a little something to break the monotony of all that hardcore dance that has gotten to be a loop. So we're, we're coming into fall. Mm-hmm. But um, when, I, when I got the word that I'd be talking to you and um, just the history that, the unprecedented history that you and Will Smith have made, um, I think about summertime mm-hmm. um, and how that record you like summer can't start until you hear <laughs> that record for, at least for me. Um, take me back to that moment where you all might have been in the studio or you got you you all were conceiving the concept of this record like what was it did it happen by just happenstance or did it was it an intentional effort to to come up with that record just take me back to that that moment well you almost have to credit that to that was the very first year that will started the fresh prince of bel-air um and he went to la he went to la probably in august gotcha um for people who don't know Mm -hmm. it's summertime all year long in la yeah yeah so um you know once we started getting to the spring you know on the East Coast, we have a different vibe. Mm-hmm. You know, once the spring comes, leaves start, you know, turning green, people start coming out, 
you know, it, it's a it's a feeling and an emotion that the change of the season brings that he wasn't getting right. in Los Angeles. So he would pick up the phone and call me and just ask questions. Hey, have you seen such and such? Have you been to the mm-hmm. plateau? Have you, you know, just the yeah. typical things that he was missing. And I think that is what more so inspired him, you know, to go down that path and write because I think that was when we finally understood that there's a nuance to summertime that we have on the East Coast that some people on the West Coast don't have. Wow. Wow, yeah, that record is definitely I remember the the video, just <laughs> just everything like you wanted to go to the next family reunion after <laughs> you saw that video. Um you brought up Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Mm-hmm. Um and that's just another <laughs> history making moment, a series of moments on that show. Um, every Monday night, eight o'clock, NBC. It was game time. Like everybody rushed home. This was before social media, people, <laughs> yeah. where you had the option to binge watch stuff. Like, no, we had to go home and yeah. catch the show every Monday. And it was a staple in our house, as was millions of other people around this country and the world. Um, at what point, as ja- at playing jazz on that show? At what point in the the series did you feel like you know what this is huge? This is something big. Did you notice it from the from the jump? Was it an ugly baby or was it a cute baby from oh, the jump? Man. Like, I had zero desire to do that show. Wow. I w- I was not trying to do that show. I was strictly music. Uh-huh. Um, and it's funny um, because Will actually talks about it in his book mm-hmm. that he really had to trick me to do the show. You know when 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 they asked me to do the show, yeah. I told them no. And he was just like, wait, Jeff said no. And I was just, no, nah, I'm cool. I'm, you know, I'm all right. Um, and he basically said, listen, you know, they want you to do three episodes. If you do one and you love it, you got two to look forward to. If you do one and you hate it, you only got two left to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, okay. And it was six years. And the rest is history. I mean, you just, you, you always look forward to the the tossing of, <laughs> yeah, but we didn't, you know, it was it was funny because I had zero desire to do television. I didn't know anything about television. Wow. I didn't realize that um the people that know you from your music mm-hmm. is a is one group of people. Yeah. 80-year-old white grandmothers know you from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. So that was a little bit different. I could walk through the mall and if people who were into hip-hop, recognized you. That was one thing. Mm-hmm. Walking through the mall after the TV show was very different. Yeah, that was that. That was such a cultural moment, not just for us as people of color and black folks, but, like, I remember going to school on Tuesday, <laughs> and we talking about Fresh Prince from the night before, and did y'all see the, the dad episode? And it, yeah, It's just yeah. such an amazing moment. Um, still on the topic of Bel Air, um, or Fresh Prince of Bel Air, we, we were now glued to our televisions in another form <laughs> yeah. with, with Bel Air, the, the can I say, yeah. re, 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 adaptation, the reboot. reboot. Yeah. Um, so I know season one was crazy. Um, how involved are you with this, this new reboot? And is there anything you can tell us about season two? Just um, my personal not, Well, not involved in the behind the scenes. Yeah. I was one of the co-hosts of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got a chance to see the episodes before everybody else did. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, I was really, really excited. I remember when I saw the pilot, I was so blown away mm-hmm. um, of how uh, the the essence of Philly 
Yeah. And the show was captured, you know. Um, and you got to really give a, a, a lot of credit to, to, to Jordan, the director, because he really came to Philly and really dissected. You know, everything in that was authentic. There were people that I knew. There were streets that I knew. Mm -hmm. The way that they shot that, the dialogue, you know, it was so much that he put into, you know, making sure that the show was going to have a, a certain level of authenticity, especially it not necessarily being a comedy. Yeah, yeah. You know, he, he, you know, he definitely nailed it. So um, I'm, I'm extremely excited, looking forward to this next season. I know they started filming. Yeah. So I'm waiting to find out whatever I can find so out. So you because, waiting just like the rest yeah, of us? Yeah, I was the, I was the same way. Listen. I was I was sitting there waiting for them to send me the episodes so I could watch <laughs> them. Wait, so you get the episodes before? Of course, you get to kind of check off. Yeah, that. well, you know, they would send you the episodes, yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe two episodes uh, before it would come out, so you could film the podcast um, that the, gotcha, the episode gotcha, comes gotcha, out gotcha, right gotcha. after you know they air it. Gotcha. Um, Another pivotal moment in your career um, that I personally, because I'm a R&B soul head to my core, um, you you birthed a touch of jazz, um, and I mean working with the likes of Jill Scott and Music Soul Child and The Roots and just so many like you what you what you guys did with that that era. I mean it's just unprecedented and it really we're still seeing the, the ramifications of that mm -hmm. today. Um, what was the transition from you being with DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, doing Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? Um, what was that transition like coming from those, those moments in your career to actually birthing a touch of jazz, the, the label, the, the entity? The, the funny thing, it really wasn't a transition. That was always there. Yeah. It just wasn't time to show people. Mm. You know, it was, you know, you got to keep in mind that in the 90s, people weren't really accepting you doing multiple things. Yeah. You know, the, the beginning of yeah. Will doing the TV show and being a recording artist was met with resistance in the beginning because people couldn't pretty much fathom you doing something other than what they knew you for. Yeah which is not the case today. Everybody has multiple jobs and multiple, you know, careers. Yeah. But, you know, back then it was a little bit rough. But, you know, I've always been music first. You know, not just the music that we made. You know, I grew up in Philadelphia, Gambling Huff, The Sound of yeah. Philly. You know, yeah. so much of that is in my soul. Um, but I knew people weren't going to necessarily be accepting of me, especially me, going down this path, like I've really created the touch of jazz to hide behind it, mm. you know, to, to, you know, because it wasn't really, you know, accepting, you know, there was, there's so many Easter eggs and that, that we've came up with fake names of records that were produced because I didn't want anybody to know it was me, you know, just to be accepted. Wow. And you would think... I mean, you're DJ Jazzy Jeff. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it, you, well, the first thing that people think of yeah. is DJ Jazzy Jeff is a hip-hop DJ. Yeah. You don't think of me in any other genre of music, you know, besides that. And you had to kind of change that narrative. And, wow. you know, you had to sometimes sneak through the back door to change it. Gotcha. Well, um, I, I, I want to I touch on this subject. It's, a, mm -hmm. it's more of a sad subject um, this week. 
um, because you're f- from Philly, mm-hmm. um, we lost PNB Rock. Um, he's also a Philadelphia was was a Philadelphian. Um, just kind of wanted to get your thoughts. Did you know PNB Rock? Um, did, were you able to meet him um, at any point? Um, and just kind of wanted to get your thoughts. I know is is for in my opinion, there's been a lot of deaths. We've been losing a lot of people, especially yeah. on the hip hop side. Um, just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on everything that's that's transpired this week. Um, the the funny thing is, I only met him through text. Mm-hmm. Um, I I used to throw a uh, creative retreat at my house. Mm-hmm. And um, he texted me after the last one and was just like, hey, you know, introduced himself, which I already knew. And he was like, I'm from Philly. I would love to know how I could come to the next one. I kind of want to soak up the vibes. And I hit him back, was like, listen, you're on the list. I got you, you know. um, And that was that was it. You know, pretty much right after that, you know, the pandemic happened Mm -hmm. and everything shut down. So, um, but that was pretty much the only interaction that I had, you know. So it was it was. It's definitely heartbreaking um, because, you know, in my era, we had Biggie and Tupac. Mm -hmm. um, And we still hold on to the Biggie and Tupac and how senseless that was. This is a whole different thing. This is is a whole different thing that I'm trying to wrap my head around it. You know, it's a little bit different because I'm not necessarily in that age group, in Mm -hmm. that culture. But, um, you know, we are... We are losing way too many, you know, to 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 senseless violence, you know, and I don't I don't know what you can really attribute it to. You know, times mm-hmm. are different. Times are hard. You know, times were hard back when Biggie and Tupac, yeah. you know, social media has a lot to play, you know, with it that, you know, people, you know, showing, you know, showing too much. And there's some people that may not be happy with what you're showing, you know. Mm. And it's just, you know, it's it's a lot of different things to me that I think that you have to take in consideration. You know, two two months ago, I was at that exact same Roscoe's with mm-hmm. my family. Yeah. You know, and you have to think about that. That it's kind of like, wow, like this is a this is a family restaurant right. that people go to, and this kind of, you know, thing happens. You know, and you don't want to put yourself in a position that you start sheltering yourself, but you always have to kind of keep your head on the swivel. Yeah, I appreciate you for sharing that. Um, and. Much respect and um, many prayers to his family. Absolutely. And my last question to you: um, What's what's next for DJ Jazzy Jeff? I, I know you're you're still out here on the turntables. You're still killing killing the game. What what's next for for you? Um, you know it's funny, um, and I don't like to say it, but the mm-hmm. pandemic really helped me. You know, aside mm-hmm. from being incredibly sick and blessed to be here. So but glad, the, just, yeah. The pandemic um, made me understand a few things. Mm-hmm. It made, and, you know, and especially, you know, once everyone was locked down, everybody's in the house, we started playing music online just mm-hmm. to kind of help people get, get through the day. I think what I started to realize is grown folks don't really want to go to a club. We didn't know that. <laughs> we didn't know that because yeah. we didn't really have an option. Yeah. Um, but what I started when I started streaming to grown folks, I started to realize that there are more people who don't want to go to a club mm-hmm. than do go to a club. So we just continued streaming and we stream, you know, we have Friday night house party streams that have over 100,000 people, you know, from around the globe. Um, and I really enjoy, you know, I really enjoy bringing what I do and people 
like me to your living room. Yeah. Um, because, you know, we, we've had guests, you know, from, you know, guys like Kid Capri yeah. that people haven't seen Kid Capri since they were at Howard's homecoming in 1995. Yeah. You know, and now you can turn your TV on and he's in your living room and you can invite your own friends over and fry your own chicken and <laughs> sit and watch Kid Capri and not have to pay for parking. Yeah, you all have definitely, uh, you and a few others, definitely helped us get through. And I was able to kind of tune into some of the things that you've done over this whole craziness the last couple of years. And you all definitely helped us get through it. And so, yeah, listen, we, we appreciate they, they helped that, us get through it too yeah. because we needed to play that yeah, music. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you, Mr. Jazz. Um, and, and thank you for, for coming through and speaking with me today. Um, again, this is DJ Jazzy Jeff. Thank you for making. Where, where, where can we follow you on Instagram, hey, Facebook, DJ all that? Jazzy DJ Jeff. Jazzy Jeff, yep. all that. Okay, so go, go follow him if you're not. Um, thank you, sir. Yes, sir. Congrats on everything. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Man, such a legendary figure in so many of our lives. We've watched him on TV getting thrown out of that house on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. We've heard the music, and it was such an amazing honor to talk to DJ Jazzy Jeff. But it doesn't stop there. Next up is a man who I remember seeing on MTV back in the day when he was part of the legendary Beastie Boys. He's been considered the world's greatest DJ by USA Today and has also worked with Cypress Hill. Please check out my conversation with the legendary Mix Master Mike right here on We Sound Crazy. What's up, good people? It's Bacon for Making. I'm back, y'all, and I told y'all I'm on location here in Washington, D.C. at the RIAA offices, and we're just meeting the legends today, man. I mean, it's just, I mean, they're just coming in one by one. Um, right here with me, I have the legendary Mr. Mix Master Mike. How are you today, sir? Doing awesome. Um, well, Weather is beautiful yeah, in, weather in Washington. Is, yeah, weather is great here. Um, yeah. It's a lot better than where I'm coming from, Nashville, Tennessee. Um, but yeah. The weather in here is beautiful too. Yeah, yeah. It's a little <laughs> cold, but it's cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we're here for the RIAA Honors where we're celebrating hip hop and we're coming up on 50 years next year. Um, what What comes to your mind when you think of just all of the transitions and everything that's happened with hip hop and now it being the number one genre and it being a billion dollar industry. Um, what, what comes to your mind? First you thing that comes that? to my mind is, um, my gratitude to cool Herc. Mm. That's the first thing. Number one, numero uno. There, if, if there wasn't a cool Herc, um, there wouldn't be Mixmaster Mike. So, wow. so kids, kids, uh, they need to know that, you know, mm -hmm. in order to know where you're from, yeah. you got to know where it began. And that's uh, yeah, cool. Hurt. As a as a young young kid, and you you watching people like uh, Cool Herc, and and so many other pioneers of the of this culture, what was it that made you feel like you know, made you feel like you know what I can do that too? 
Like, what was the, the, the light bulb moment that you had? Do you remember the year? Do you remember the moment, the song? The, just what was it that made you feel like, you know what, I want to be a part of whatever that is? Yeah, I mean, well, well growing up from, like, the, from, the, from the bottom, I mean, you try to figure a way out. Mm-hmm. Um, when I heard, like, Rapper's Delight. I said a hip the hip it, the hip it, if a hip, hip hop, you don't stop. Rock it out, baby, bubba to the boogity bang, bang, the boogie to the boogity beep. Um, that was probably the song yeah. that was like that kind of ignited my inspiration to get into the art and, or get into the study of hip hop. And so um, that I was fortunate to be able to do that and, and apply my own style to the art. And um, yeah, what can I say? And that was um, in 83, 84. Wow. And I bought Rapper's Delight with all pennies. Wow. Yeah, I had a jar full of pennies and it was like 599 pennies. That's a true story. Wow. Yeah. That's how much I wanted that record. Dedication, man. You know what sounds, I'm sounds like something I would have done in like the <laughs> late 80s, early 90s with cassettes by the time those. Oh, no. See, cassettes are a whole nother thing now. So we, we, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you grew up in the Bay Area. I, yeah. Um, what is it? What? How did the, the music from that, that area kind of help influence your music palette, I guess? Um, what was it a about growing up in that that city that just kind of helped make you into the person that you are musically today? Well, I grew up, before I was a DJ, I grew up with a, um, a clock radio mm-hmm. that had a cassette um, embedded on top. And I used to log on to these, uh, well, not log on, I used to turn on the uh, radio and, and listen, to, listen to these hip-hop stations. There was one called KPOO 89.5 mm-hmm. in San Francisco where they used to play all hip-hop. And then I used to... Uh, I used to get tapes uh, sent to me from my cousin from New York of the of the Magic Mr. Magic Show in Red Alert, mm-hmm. and um, that that pretty much like every Sunday religiously I would wait for these radio shows to come on, and that's where I was getting this lesson of hip hop, you know, um, yeah, um, and then I would make uh, I would record all of these uh, mm-hmm. these shows, and um, kind of and, and I would hook up another clock radio to it, and then I would make my own versions of the show. Like wow. all my favorite parts of the radio show, I would loop and loop and loop with the pause button, mm-hmm. and I would make my own versions of what I thought that radio show should be like. So that's how my mind Dope. worked back in those days. I was 14 years old, so I was like, I was full, fully editing off two clock radios. Typically, how long is a process like that where you're using the pause button to long because you got to rewind, hit the record, pause. Rewind, hit the, and then you got to, you know, keep doing that where it's like you, you're doing it in eight bar loops of your favorite parts, all these breaks. And so it's just like, you know, and I wasn't, you know, I was, I wasn't drinking coffee back then. Yeah. Like I was a little kid. I was like, I was like, you know, usually, you know, in an editing station, you know, you're caffeine, whatever, yeah. like your boost and whatever. But, but I, my excitement for the art was that, that strong, you know what I mean? To where I was like going to go the length. To, to 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 use that pause button and, and create my own um, compositions. I'm so I'm so intrigued by this because I mean I, of course, me recording from the radio and and all that stuff back in the day. It's yeah. not as extensive as what you're describing. But how did you even have the forethought to even do that? I know in just kind of reading up on you, I know you you said that you didn't have a you know you couldn't afford a turntable, so you had to kind of resort to that. But like. How do you come to the the, the, the thought of I'm going to 
make these pause mixtapes. Well, I was just like, you know, I, I guess I was just, a, I, I was born an artist. Yeah. You know what I mean? Artist, composer. Yeah. Um, I was, at, at that age, I was like infatuated with, with with art and looking at art. You know, Picasso's Rembrandt's like Van Gogh's at 14. Mm. You know what I mean? I, I would, I would kind of study why people, why people were um, intrigued by art. And, and so it's just like, I want to make art. I want to make sonic art. And that's what I always wanted to do is make sonic art, something I could call my own. Yeah. Do you, do you still have some of those tapes? I do. Yeah. They're somewhere in the garage, in a hot garage somewhere. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I do. I have, I have a wall of cassette tapes, like, like a wall cassette tapes. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That, Crazy. Yeah. Will we be able to hear some of that? One day, I don't know. I mean, if I have time to digitize all that stuff, yeah, yeah, be, yeah. That, it'd be awesome. Yeah, that'd but, um, be dope. But there's some stuff that. like floating around the internet, like like mixtapes okay. and whatnot. But not the earlier stuff with the with the with the clock radio. I I, I don't know where those went, but I mean, definitely yeah. probably a relic of hip hop. Now, what are some of the the music like the 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 album song slash artists that kind of help to build the foundation of what you eventually became. Yeah, I was listening to a lot of, um, um, it's weird, it's funny because I was listening to like Miles Davis, Autumn Leaves, then I would then I would listen to, to, to Led Zeppelin. You know, Zeppelin was like my favorite growing up. Mm -hmm. And um, and then from and from there, it, it, it just grew to like, you know, you know, Grandmaster Flash, Furious Five, Johnson Crew, all the electro stuff. And then, and then, and then, and then, then all the hip hop stuff that followed that, you know what I mean? So it's just like, it, it's just, an, I can't pinpoint one cause I was listening to, I can't pinpoint one genre cause I was mm -hmm. listening to everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Wow, wow. Full ADHD mode, like <laughs> I was listening to everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for what you do as the illustrious career that you've had and you, you've worked with Cypress Hill and the Beastie Boys and just all of these great people do you feel like that kind of helped set the tone just all of the music that you were listening to the miles davises and all the absolutely do you feel like that helped set the tone for what absolutely you i'm did? a music historian yeah, yeah yeah i mean like i'm you could say like i'm a savant mm -hmm. i'm a musical savant and it, like you know and i humbly say that you know what i mean it's like this is what i was born to do and it's like there's constantly music playing in my head over mm -hmm. and over and over and over like i'm always thinking about one upping what i did yesterday I So speaking of the Beastie Boys, how did you, because you weren't with them from in, in the early days, you, you, in, I think it was the, the 90s. So yeah. how did you get to a point where I think, I think I remember you saying you felt like you needed to be there. How did you get to that point? Like what, what was it that made you say, you know what, I deserve to be up there with them? Well, I mean, I mean, you know, my, my power of intention was really strong. Yeah. You know? And um, I'm the type that never take no for an answer. And I believe, mm. I believe in, 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 in what God has given me. And I, and, I, and I believed that I was the missing element the whole time. But um, yeah, and it, it, it happened. Um, uh, I met Adam Yauk at a Rocksteady anniversary. Mm -hmm. After I had won the uh, New Music Seminar, Battle for World Supremacy, I met Adam Yauk. And um, I mean, everyone was there. Like it was, I remember like KRS One. It was like Tribe. Everyone was there, but then Adam was there, and Adam was the one I went to, to, to talk to, 
I could have talked to anybody, bust to anybody, but I went to Adam and we just, we hit it off. And he gave me his number and the whole thing. And then from there, I was sending him like DJ battle tapes of me winning the DMCs and all that. And then um, then I would leave these crazy scratch messages on his answer <laughs> machine. When he was in home, I would yeah. leave these, Yo, Adam, check out this like reverse oyster scratch or like check out this tweak scratch. And I would put the phone up against the speaker and I would do it. And then I left like three different messages and that, that, uh, that signal got through. Wow. Wow. This, yeah. I mean, the, the art of manifestation. <laughs> yeah. Man. Yeah. Manifestation was real. Crazy. It was crazy. real. Yeah. Yeah. It was like kind of for me as like an American dream, you know, it's yeah. an American dream. Like they're like my all time favorite group. So I was like grooming myself to be with them. Wow. Wow. Yeah. We sound crazy. So with the Beastie Boys, you, um, became a rock and roll hall of fame inductee in 2012, in 2012. Um, what, what was that initial feeling when you guys are accepting that that honor? Like, how are you calling mama? Are you honestly like excitement? But then, you know, my life is such such a wormhole that you you become numb to it, mm -hmm. and you just go with it. You just go with it, and yeah. then and you just you look up and you go and you just you think you think you think God. You know what I mean? That's what it is. Like you put me in this position, and all these things happen after it. So it's just like, you know, of course, yeah, I call my mom. Yeah. And um, yeah, I remember my sister uh, uh, answering the phone when the Beastie Boys called the house, mm -hmm. and I was in the studio. My sister comes in, she's like, "Hey, Mike, the Beastie Boys are on the phone." And I'm like, "What?" And then that was that was the one moment the, the wow. life changed there, and uh, yeah, she gave me the phone, and um, yeah, it was, it was Mike, Mike, and Adam. See, people, dreams do come true, man, <laughs> for real. Yeah, you just got to be taking, you got to be very persistent in yeah. this business. You know, you got to believe. You got to have a lot, lot of belief in yourself. Crazy. So you are, you've been deemed the world's greatest DJ by USA Today. <laughs> oh my god. And. You became the first West Coast DJ to win the DMC World DJ Championships, and you won that three consecutive times. Yeah, I won, I won the New Music Seminar the first yeah. year as, uh -huh. as the West Coast, first okay. to win, uh, win a world title as a West Coast DJ. And, okay. then, and then along with my crew, yeah. Rocksteady crew, me, uh, Apollo, and Q, we won again the year, the following year after that. And then me and DJ Qbert won the following year yeah. after that. And then the following year after that, they decided to retire us. So it was like, let me ask you this, just to that point, yeah. um, for someone that's out there, that's in the trenches, really mastering their craft of being a DJ and, and wanting to get to a point where they can get an accolade, get accolades such as that. What is your advice to those 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 young men, those young women that are really wanting to get to your level. Well, everybody is in. Everyone's. Uh, I mean, artists today are like in demand of like the shortcut route, mm. right? Shortcut routes don't work. Yeah. You know, I I, I had to go through. I when I say like the trenches, like I went from the bottom all the way, and, and just like you know, I I walked so far, you know, like the shoes, the soles are like. You know, developed all these holes, and I'm just like, yo, I'm just like, yeah, yo, the soles were worn out. You know what I mean? I've, I've done so much walking and studying, you mm -hmm. know, and studying the art. Um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, you, you just have to, you know, like I said, like Cool Herc, Grandmaster Flash, Grand Wizard Theodore, 
in order to know where you are today, you got to know where it came from. You know what I mean? These, a lot of these kids don't know, but, but it's not their fault. It's, you know, I guess it's bad parenting. <laughs> you know what I mean? You yeah. got to show the yeah. youth. You got to show the youth. I'm, if I'm going to have kids, they're going to know about Zeppelin. They're going right. to know. They're going to know if they want, you know, if they're pursuing art, they need to know. You know what I mean? Because, you know, you, you don't want your kids to get, get their card pulled. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're, you're an artist. You're a rapper. Okay. Who is that? Yeah. Who was, uh, who's the leader of Wu-Tang or, or, you know what I mean? You want to, you got to know, you got to know the, uh, you got to know the culture. So that's what it is. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree with that because I, I do remember as a kid, my mom saying, you want to be in music, you need to know X, Y, and Z. Absolutely. Louis, play this. Louis Armstrong, yeah. Hendrix, Thelonious Monk. Like, you got to know all the all these all, all these figures uh -huh. and, and um, they help shaped music. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I want to I want to add to that. You know what I mean? I, I You could say, like, I'm, I'm an offspring of those guys, Bonham and 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 and, and Miles. And, and I want to I want to kind of like pave my own way. And, and use their philosophies mm -hmm. in, into what I'm trying to develop, pretty much. Yeah. Crazy! Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So you go from being a part of the Beastie Boys, working with them, and then you've worked with Cypress Hill as well, another <laughs> yeah. legendary group. Like I told you before we started, like I grew up hearing your name and seeing you on MTV, like, like mix, like Kurt Loder saying mix master yeah, Mike all yeah. the time, like on the MTV, back when there was MTV news. I don't know if that's still a thing now, but um, how did you get to a point where you were working with Cypress Hill as well? Well, Cypress uh, Mugs and Be Real like are, are like my good friends. Yeah, like, when I was with Beasties and and I, I've always been good friends with those guys. So we just you know Be Real like offered the position he was just like you know we want you to take us do do the same thing you did with the beastie boys mm -hmm. with us you know what i mean as a um as a you know kind of like head coach of music or music director yeah he wanted me to take that and run with it so but for me i just wanted to tell you the truth i just wanted to hang out with the guys <laughs> and i just wanted to see what it felt like yeah to be on stage with them how did it feel? You know what I mean? It felt great. Yeah. It was like hanging with my homies yeah. and, and just having a blast. Yeah. Wow. I mean, yeah, as long as I, I had that 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 non-smoking dressing room, which which they gave to me. There was a mixed master mic non-smoking dressing room. Got it. On the Cypress tour. And they don't do that for anybody. So I felt, uh, this is great. Yeah, yeah, man. But yeah, but it was total, total honor. I mean, come on, like Cypress and, and yeah, from Cypress to Beasties to, you know. I have, a, I have a huge crew. It's uh, Cypress Beasties. It's uh, drum legend Steve Jordan. Mm. Steve Jordan now drums for the Rolling Stones, who who who, uh, who is my partner as well. We have an album called uh, Beat Odyssey 2020, um, and and then and then Travis Barker is like an, my other partner. So I have a huge crew. I come in many forms, and then that that's not that's not adding to uh, like my DJ crew, yeah. you know, the Invisible Scratch Pickles. So 
Yeah. It's just this huge fleet. We have, a, I'm, yeah, part of a fleet. Oh man, I mean, <laughs> the you. I'm sure your 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 legendary status is rubbing off on the fleet is just as much as they're rubbing <laughs> off on you. Man. I mean, I'm a shapeshifter. <laughs> so my last question to you is, um, like, you're still still killing it. Oh, here, I man. appreciate you, bro. I um, appreciate you. What's what's current? What's next? What's going on for Mix Master Mike? 2022, 2023, like I talked about earlier, we're coming up on 50 years of hip hop next year. Are you doing anything to celebrate that? What are we, what are oh, we doing? Oh man, my life has been a celebration. Yeah. I celebrate every day. Uh, yeah, if you want to know more in detail, there's just so much going on with me. It just, it just you mm -hmm. know, it just, yeah, the, 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 the eagle never lands. It never lands. I have a new album out called Ready Slayer One. Mm -hmm. You might want to pick, pick that up okay. or listen to that. Um, um, then doing shows with Travis and then um, just just a lot of stuff. Got got a, got a shoe coming out. I mean, just just a lot of, a lot of good stuff. And um, wouldn't be wouldn't be possible without my Lord and Savior. So I give him all the glory. Man, what he said. <laughs> well, Mix Master Mike, I appreciate you, sir. Yes. Uh, the legendary Mix Master Mike. Uh, that's a wrap for We Sound Crazy with Mix Master Mike. Thank you, sir. My man, appreciate you. Such an amazing conversation with Mixmaster Mike. It was so dope to just hear his heart for hip hop and to hear how he started out and how he became one of the world's greatest DJs. Um, we're gonna keep it right on rolling, y'all. This next young lady is literally one of my favorites in hip hop right now. Um, her albums, Layla's Wisdom and E, to me, are easily two of the most prolific hip hop albums of the last decade. And she brings a freshness to the genre that's so needed right now. We were able to talk about her love for hip hop, her artistry, and some of her current projects. I'm talking about none other than the amazing Rhapsody right here on We Sound Crazy. Welcome back to We Sound Crazy. It's your boy Timon Bacon from Making. Y'all, I'm still here on location here in DC. And I mean, they just, the, 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 the hip hop royalty and the, the amazing artists just keep coming through the door. I just, I can't stop it and I don't want to stop it. Um, but this young lady sitting next to me is literally one of my favorites. Um, she's such a breath of fresh air when it comes to hip hop, when it comes to music, period. Her wordplay is nuts. Um, <laughs> Thank you. And she's just, she's beautiful young lady that's championing hip hop in a way that we haven't seen in a long time. I'm talking about none other than the amazing Rhapsody. How are you? I'm good. What an intro. <laughs> wow. Thank you. You really gave me all those flowers. You know, I, I, I'm we, so honored. You know, one thing about this podcast, shout out to Phil, Chuck, and Claude. We we really try to make sure we give flowers where it's due. So That's dope. You, you deserve it. Um, we're here in the RIAA offices and yes. uh, we're celebrating hip hop. Yes. Um, what as you are, as you landed here in DC and you knew you were coming to this mm -hmm. to celebrate so many pioneers of this culture, what's going through your head as you're preparing for what we're about to see tonight? If you want the raw, uncut, honest, I'm like, you're one of my biggest fears. You better not ever forget the lyrics to the legend's words yeah. when you when you honor them. <laughs> so, yeah. so in my head, like I'm I'm thinking about that music, but you know, especially um the MC, like, it's, there's no me without her, right? Mm. She's, people say, you know, when did you know that you wanted to be a rapper? And I said, I was like five or six years old. And it was because I saw MC Light's Poor Georgia video. 
And, um, you know, just that story, the message behind it. Even at that age, I ain't know, but mm-hmm. I knew. Um, but she was the first female that I saw before I, you know, I, I got to learn about Roxanne Shantae and Shy Rock. Um, mm-hmm. First female that I saw through television doing it. And she made me believe, like, oh, okay, women and girls have a place in this culture and, and yeah. in rapping in the industry. Um, and it never left me. You know, so she was she was my light, literally. <laughs> wow, wow, yeah. She I always think about when it comes to MC. Like the, um, I think the first time I saw her as a little kid, I'm 35, and mm-hmm. so being super small, and my aunt, we she had it on. The, remember the box from no. back in the day? You don't remember the box? Well, Video I think the box was. I'm in North Carolina, so I don't know if we had the box, yeah, but it, I've heard about the yeah. box. So, like, the box back in the day played the, the self-destruction video. And I remember yeah. the, the hair and all that stuff. And then, of course, Roughneck and all that stuff. So, yeah, you you definitely follow in that same lineage. And it's mm-hmm. just, it's, it's amazing to see. What would you say your favorite MC Light song and album is? Um, my favorite album is probably Light as Rock. Okay. But my favorite song is Cold Rock the Party. Mm. When that video came on, them elevator doors open. Yes. Like, just, she looked so fly. She was bussing. It was yeah. fun. Missy's on it. Yes. Got the Puff Daddy remix. Like, you know, that was, I was a kid. I wanted to dance. Yes. You know, that's my favorite song. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but same. um, 10% this, Roughneck, like, jo- poor Georgie, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's still one of my favorites. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Crazy. So. With you being the amazing MC that you are, um, what would you say North Carolina did to kind of help build the foundation that mm-hmm. brought you to who you are today, like yeah. music-wise? What I what I love about North Carolina is musically, I feel like it's a melting pot, mm-hmm. right? Um, we're situated in the middle of the East Coast, so we're heavily influenced by the New York wave, but we're also a car culture and mm-hmm. we're six hours from Atlanta, you know, so we like bass when we ride too, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm good friends with Terrence Martin, who's a jazz, mm-hmm. legendary jazz artist. And one thing he made me realize is how much of an influence North Carolina had with musicians and the jazz movement, mm-hmm. you know, especially in the Charlotte region. So I'm even learning more about our history. Um, but I, you know, I, I just think that sound wise shaped me, mm-hmm. right? Um, I love music that has soul in it. Mm. It gotta, it gotta touch me. You know, whether we partying or you talking about love, it has gotta cut through my body, yeah. right? Um, and I think that's the jazz and soul and blues element, you know, and part of the history of North Carolina. But um, even like that, that raw New York, we got so many HBCUs. So yeah. you know, they would bring the music down. Yeah. I remember yeah. just hanging with my cousins. And, you know, one of them so influenced by Nas, his nickname was Nas, right? Um, and, and, you know, and just what that what that was. So that's what I just loved about North Carolina. People say, like, we don't, when it comes to hip-hop, we don't necessarily have a true identity. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could I could say, because we we, uh, we listen to everything and we poured everything and, and we're influenced by yeah. everything. So, you know, that's what I love about North Carolina. I do feel like mm-hmm. North Carolina is kind of like a, I went to school in Columbia, South Carolina, so. That's a different world. I know, it, very different world, <laughs> very different world. But I know a lot of people come that come from North Carolina and it, yeah. they they tend to have an ear for music from up top, 
either from the South and so West yeah, Coast yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um what I'm interested in knowing what is your first music memory? Like the first time you remember like it was a cassette you bought back in the day. Uh <laughs> just what is it that you you remember that the light bulb went off and said, Oh God, what what is this? Oh, I have so many of those like moments. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> Some are funny. Um but uh, I probably had to take it all the way back to just like a lot of us falling in love with Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as a kid, I was like, I don't, every kid wanted to be Michael Jackson. I couldn't moonwalk, couldn't sing. Um, <laughs> but uh, it was mostly like me and my dad would get up on Saturday mornings. Mm-hmm. That's outside of basketball. One thing we connected on, we would watch um, Video Soul together, mm. and he would put a VHS in the, uh, and, and record all the uh, Video Souls countdowns, and we watch, go back and watch them back on other days. So you know, Donnie Simpson, and you know, uh, it was it was things like that. You know, it wasn't one particular artist, but those just moments yeah. of. of seeing how much music played a part in my life, my parents' life, how much they influenced me. You know, in our household, like a lot of black households, we had to get up on Saturday morning and clean up. Mm -hmm. Um, My dad had a speaker, a hammer to a tree outside. You know, he would go outside and cut grass, but he played Luther, his favorite artist. My mom loved Tina Turner. So while, you know, we cleaning the bathroom, kitchen, on our knees, cleaning the floor, she playing Tina Turner and Patti LaBelle. And that's that's where I get my heavy soul influence. So those are like my favorite memories. Like, you know, just having those moments uh with music and creating memories with your family. Wow, you yeah. you, you said video soul, um, that really makes me smile <laughs> in the ear yeah. because I remember every Friday waiting on those countdowns, every night mm-hmm. having to go to bed at nine o'clock. <laughs> But you know, wanted to watch video soul that those two hours every night. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I definitely feel you when you talk yeah. about Donnie Simpson and video soul. It's one of the reasons why I love music the way that I do today. Crazy. I've heard you in, in other interviews talk about how you don't want to be boxed in as a female female, female rapper. Mm-hmm. Um, no labels. No labels. You just yeah. you're, you're straight up in MC, and you've proven that time and time again. <laughs> um, why is it important to mm-hmm. not have, for, for you, why is it important to not have those labels? Yeah. Um, I'm going to be real. Like, I, I sit on the fence, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I came in and female rapper, to me, just meant something. Mm-hmm. You know, it just represented uh, um, women, you know, who weren't showcased as highly as men and just gave us a name and it was something to be proud of, right? But when I got in it, you know, I felt like it held us back, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's, it separated us. Um, where it's like, you know, women go over here and play. It's the man's sport, but yeah. y'all look, y'all cute over yeah. there. Like, have fun. Oh, that's dope. But it's a man's sport, and it's really not, you know. Um, and so that's what it was. You know, you'd see these are the best hip hop artists, and these are the top ten female. And like, why are we not included in exactly. the best overall? Like, yeah. I don't, I don't understand that. It's not like basketball where we physically different, and even that is being a race, mm-hmm. like. I just saw a woman dunk with two hands. Like, oh, I never seen it like like she uh, yeah. did it. But um, you know, it's, it's all creativity and in, in the in the in the mental. Um, and I know a lot of women that could out rap men, but you know, they don't get that same uh, respect and notoriety. Um, so you know, it was it was my thing. Like, yo, don't don't label me as a female rapper. Mm-hmm. Like, we other. 
we just artists at the end of the day. Yeah. We all MCs. I just happen to be a woman, you know. So that's that's what it is. But I'm proud to be a woman and just doing it, for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you are doing it and doing it. <laughs> Crazy. Emit light rap or emit teal. I drew a line without showing my body. That's a skill. Bad to the bone and the grill. You be dead wrong if looks um, kill. I'm still on your my last album. Eve. Yeah. Nuts. Um, <laughs> Thank you. You were intentional about just uplifting influential black women and, and kind of naming the songs after different women that have graced our culture. What, how did you come to even <laughs> think you were gonna do yeah. that? Like, um, I have been, I've been doing it like bits and pieces mm -hmm. my whole career, mixtapes and things. Um, but I was doing an interview with a guy uh, by the name of Lamar Wilson, mm -hmm. and his uh, his interview was connecting the lineage of Nina Simone and Roberta Flack to me. He was doing like mm -hmm. uh, a, a musical genealogy of North Carolina mm -hmm. music, and he was like, "Yo, you're a direct descendant of Roberta Flack and Nina Simone." It never hit me like that. And I sat with that all day. And when I went home that night, I did this uh, song that I had been wanting to do for a long time um, about just being a tomboy mm -hmm. and, you know, how flat it is, especially in a business that really promotes hypersexuality mm -hmm. and doesn't really have balance. But um, it was just like, yo, I'm just comfortable being a tomboy. And I was inspired by Aaliyah. You know, mm. and I was like, oh, I'm going to call it Aaliyah. Are you that somebody, somebody that's going to keep it real with yourself? Keep it, keep it real, keep it real with yourself. Keep it real, keep it, keep it real with yourself. When I did that, I was like, you know, when I think about me and who inspires me, you know, a lot of women are part of my story, whether it's Aaliyah, Lauren Hill, outside of, you know, my, my village of aunts and um, my mom. But, you know, uh, Nikki Giovanni, Maya Angelou, Felicia Rashad, Cicely Tyson, like, I looked up to them and I'm super inspired by them. And it's just like, I'm bits and pieces of all of those. And it just shows the importance of representation, right? So it was a way for me to, like, give parts to me. And, you know, because even people box me in not only as a female rapper, but because of the music I make. Oh, you conscious. You probably don't like to go party like we like to party. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it was like, nah, like I'm just a, I'm a, I'm the home girl. Like yeah. I'm super well rounded. Like, you know, I grew up doing this and I like this person, you know. So um, it was a creative way for me to to show love and respect and, and educate through music with these women's names, but also give pieces of me. And I felt like all black women could relate because we all pieces of each other at the end of the day. So, yeah, I, I did Cleo like, yo, I get mad sometimes too, yeah. right? Uh, you know, you do um, other songs like uh, uh, Iman, you know, be like, I love myself. Mm -hmm. I love being black. So, you know, that was that's what it was about. It's a great record. Great Thank record. you. Crazy. I do have a question because you, you, you are a part of, um, I've been seeing you talk a lot about on the come up. Oh, on, yeah, yeah, yeah. On your IG and your so Twitter. So excited about um, it. And that by the time people see this, it will already be out. Nice. Um, how how did you become, how how were you tapped to be a part of this this project? Uh, uh -huh. How is it working with Sanaa Lathan and Method Man? Uh, that was amazing. Um, yeah. um, Sanaa Lathan, uh, she reached out. Mm -hmm. um, and, she, you know, we connected on Zoom and she told me, you know, it was her first uh chance of sitting in the chair being a director and she was doing this movie on the come up and she wanted to be authentic about it. Mm 
um, you know, and, and she wanted somebody that spoke to the character. Um, you know, and we talked a little bit. She gave me an assignment. She's like, you know, go. I'm going to send you the script. Read the script. You know, tell me how you feel about it. There's some battles in there. Um, can you write, like, one battle? And I went and wrote five or six. And she was like, all right, it's you, right? Um, and, you know, I, I just saw myself in Brie. If you haven't read the book, uh, On the Come Up, it's about a 16-year-old girl named Brie who grows up in Garden Heights. Um, and the book is written by Angie Thomas, who also wrote The Hate You Give. And it just talks about her come-up story of, you know, being a young girl, want to come up in a battle rap scene, um, you know, and just the things that she has to, to think about. You know, a lot of us come in this, we want to be pure artists with it. Mm. You know, and it's about, you know, finding your authenticity, um, being true to yourself. Uh, but, you know, as artists, we go through it like, yeah. yo, this that's hot. Or, I'm going through a situation. I need money fast. And just, you know, it talks about how she faced that and overcame it um, to really just walk in her light. Um, and it, it was an amazing experience. I love Sanaa. She's a great leader, director, uh, super humble. She, you know, she uh, she cares about the culture. That was one thing she was yeah. like, when you write these raps, don't dumb it down. I don't care if they got to watch the movie four or five times, which we want, we want them to do. But, you know, I want them to really understand the genius of what hip hop is and, and especially what we're focusing on is battle rap here. Yeah. You know, and I appreciated that, um, you know. And she, you know, very inclusive, you know, she, and and she has vision and she knows what she wants. Like we were doing music for it, and she might not have the lingo, but she would be like, "Yo, I, I want this to feel like an anthem." Mm. You know, I, I feel like it should be a chant here, right? And you know, that was really dope that she had a vision and you know that we could work together to make something that I think is going to be a classic film. I can't wait so. to see it. Um, Paramount Plus, right? Paramount Plus, but uh, we also just got a theatrical release. So it's in uh, 600 theaters across the United States. Nice, nice. Yeah. Well, y'all make sure y'all check that out. <laughs> um, and final question, after after On The Come Up, you know, the, the amazing album from a few, couple years back, will we get new music from you soon? Oh yeah, I've, I've been working on music since the pandemic started. Nice. And I did Eve, I went on two tours. And as soon as we had to sit down, I started recording. So mm. I got a lot of music. That's probably what's taking too long. I got too much music. Um, but yeah, I have an I have a new album out next year, 2023. Mm. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, I appreciate you. Thank you for so much. Down and talking with me. Um, we sound crazy here at the RAA <laughs> Honors with the amazing Rhapsody. And that's a wrap. Such a dope experience to talk to one of the dopest MCs in hip hop right now. Rhapsody, thank you so much. And y'all, please go support On The Come Up. That's starring Sonali then, streaming on Paramount Plus right now. And I cannot wait to hear her new project that's set to drop next year. We're going to keep it rolling, y'all. So this next young man has been a fixture in many of our lives for years now. He's currently the host of his own morning show on V103 in Atlanta, Georgia. But we've seen him on BET for years as host of Rap City, The Basement, and at one point, a host of 106 in part. I'm talking about none other than the legendary Big Tigger. Check it out. I am here with yet another legend, man. Uh, and it, it just keeps on going, y'all. Mr. Big Tigger. Wait, I got lumped into the legends? Yes, nice. you, you legend. <laughs> you legend, man. Like, I mean. I'll take it. <laughs> As a kid, I mean, just watching you every day and now hearing you because 
you you you're in my old stomping grounds, Atlanta. I mean, Thanks. it's just. <laughs> Just, it's just amazing. It's such an honor to meet you, sir. Thank you, thank you. Um, we're here at the RAA offices mm -hmm. uh, celebrating hip-hop. Um, you you are an integral part of hip-hop and what we've seen as kids growing up via BET and just from all of your work in media. What What is, I've been asking everybody today, just what is what is your mind frame right now thinking about just what we've what we started with hip hop and how it's grown into this huge billion dollar industry today uh the interesting thing and I'm, this is going to date me for real okay so i'm going to own this for, for the first time okay. ever um hip hop was born the same year i was born 1972 okay um i think that is not by mistake mm -hmm. um uh, my maturation its maturation has gone hand in hand in hand. I am on my tombstone to the end of my days, excited and proud of the fact um, that the show that I was on was part of the fabric of hip hop yeah. that helped introduce people, that helped educate people, that helped spread uh, the gospel of hip hop, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, and where we are now, the fact that there's even a celebration of hip hop um, by the RIAA is kind of a thing. You know, when they wrote it off so early, it wasn't, we didn't get the awards, the accolades, the money. Uh, and now it is the dominant genre of music worldwide. I, I'm, I'm immensely proud of what hip hop has done, not only for me, but for the world. Crazy. What is your your first memory of, of hip hop? Like what was ah. that moment where the light bulb just went off for you? I was in the Bronx. I was a little kid from the Bronx okay. and uh, you know, the birthplace of hip hop, so to speak, and being outside, you know, watching them plug it up to the light, mm. you know, like watching them do stuff and, you know, break dancing and, and, and uh, b-boying and, and I, all of it. Like, I grew up in the midst of that. I learned how to DJ when I was 13, 14. I've been beatboxing since I was 11. Like, I started rhyming at like the same time I started DJing. I used to break dance. I did a little graffiti. Wow. I mean, like, so for me, um, hip hop has been a, a part of my life since I can remember. Mm -hmm. I think the first record I bought was was Rapper's Delight. Yeah. I think I was five. <laughs> like, yeah. remember, but I remember it. Um, and at you know, for for hip hop to have been provided me and so many with so much is the ultimate uh, amazing feeling about it all. Um, so, I mean, I, I just, the light bulb kind of went off for me at like age 13, 14. And my father used to say, you ain't got nothing with this hippity-bippity. <laughs> <laughs> this hippity-bippity bebop. <laughs> you can't make no living with the hippity-bippity bebop. Yeah. And, and one of my finest and proudest moments was able, with me being able to do something really dope for my, my father and my stepmom. Mm -hmm because of the hippity-bibbity-bibbity. Nice. <laughs> so nice. Uh, hip hop has given me everything that I I am and I'm happy to be a part of it. Wow. Mm -hmm. um, my generation, I'm 35. Mm -hmm. My generation, we we remember coming home from school. Four o'clock? Four o'clock <laughs> every day, BET Rap City, the basement. Right. And you were, you were a mainstay with us every day and then of course, you transitioned over to 106 and Park. Mm. Um, talk a little bit about just the journey you've walked with the iconic BET and just how you've 
been able to, you know, you you stayed in the hearts of all of us since since then, even though you you know. It's been you know, 16 years since I left that yeah. iconic program. Not a day has gone by with somebody that said, bring back Rhapsody. Yes. Uh, for yes. me, that is probably one of the most gratifying parts of it, uh, that something was so uh, impactful, mm -hmm. something that people uh, revered and wanted to see and enjoyed uh, so immensely that I was a part of. Uh, is is my legacy, and I'm very proud of that. Um, the transition from at, at one point in the in my maturation, I said I don't want to just be the hip hop guy. Okay, <laughs> I think I have more to bring to the table. I want to spread out, and then the ultimate, and I'm gonna blame Ludacris. Ludacris was kind of the pivotal moment when mm -hmm. the the basement started to come to an end. It was his third time coming. Maybe it was his fourth. It was his fourth time coming in like seven years. He just kept dropping albums. And he didn't want to go in the booth. And he's like, there's nothing me and him can do in that room that's not been that's gonna be better than the first three times. <laughs> and I think that was the moment when everybody was like, oh wow. Like maybe there needs to be a switch up. Yeah. Yeah. Black City the basement, big tick, ludicrous, JC, DTP, talk to him. Ludacris, third album, still whooping they ass. Still travel overseas with over 10,000 cash. Enough money in the chain to keep a country fed. People ask why the skull is because I like it. And they wonder if I'm good. Hell yeah, it's a great feeling. I got bongs tall as the Empire State Building. What more could I want? I get it and waste it. Only thing left to take is Rap City in the basement. Snatch the furniture or here's the plan. Kidnap Big Tigger and hold him for 10 grand. Tell BET if they want to see him again. Bring Freeze and Nihilathan and a bottle of gin. Um, it just so happened that uh, Free and AJ decided to move on at the time. They moved, decided to move on, and BET wasn't re really yet moved. They hadn't really decided what they were going to do with 106 in Park. And me being the senior talent on staff at the time, it was like, Tig, you got it. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, all right, I got it. And for me, it was it was still music. It yeah. was still the live part of it, which Rhapsody was not. The live part of it was was even more fun for me, interacting with the kids on you know on the show and just acting up and acting a fool. Uh, and and again, just being in people's homes every day for two hours, delivering what the culture was, was was gratifying. So I mean, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed Rhapsody. I enjoyed 106 and Park. And I enjoy everything I've been doing ever since. There's just nothing like the energy that you bring, man. Thank it's you. Just, it's Thank you. contagious. Crazy. My last question to you before we wrap up. Mm -hmm. um, what are your, you, you, you've been in this for so long. You've seen so many different transitions and, and phases of this thing we call hip hop. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on just where we are now and where we started and where we, you know, where we've come, come to today? I have moments where I sound like my dad. Okay. Yeah, yeah, music is as good as yeah, I music. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then I have moments where I, I absolutely appreciate uh, some of the newer artists, some of their mm -hmm. music, some of their artistry. Um, I, hip hop has never been as big. I mean, you could argue the '90s when it really like kaboom. Yeah. The '90s and the 2000s when it took off, but I mean, what it is uh, as an industry uh, for its impact. 
I mean, when I was growing up, there wasn't no hip hop commercials. I mean, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Think about every commercial yeah. now has, you know what I'm saying? Hip hop undertone to it. Yeah. It, they had, so the way that it's become not mainstream, but it is the stream. It is. Hip hop is the stream. It's refreshing to see. Um, as, a, as a lyricist, as an artist, I, I, I wish that more of the younger artists would take more, uh, a lot more of the pop, popular artists would take more um, interest in their lyrical content. Uh, I think we can do better on that front, but that doesn't mean that they don't make good music. Mm -hmm. um, it, again, it'll never be our music because that was our music. We grew yeah, up, we yeah, lived yeah. it, we breathed it. Um, but I am extremely happy with where hip hop is and happy to have been a small uh, influence in helping to get there. Wow, wow, well, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm just glad that you're you're still here to tell tell the story. How about that? <laughs> and um, you are you you mm -hmm. are a legendary. Thank you, legendary figure. And like I said before, you 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 still in the hearts of all of us I that grew up that. watching those shows as kids. So thank you for your contribution, right. um, <laughs> Big Tigger, Bacon for Making. We sound crazy, and we're out. Amen. Listen, y'all. It's not every day that you get to speak with someone who is responsible for bringing the culture right to you in your living rooms every day. And that's who Big Tigger is. He's still doing his thing in the media world, and we're so thankful for his legacy. But we're not stopping there. Stay tuned for part two with DC legend DJ Cool, veteran industry exec Jeff Halston, the iconic MC Light, and one of the originators of hip-hop, Grandmaster Flash. I'm Bacon from Bacon, and that's a wrap. Gotta thank God. I don't know, but today seems kinda odd. No barking from